Greetings. You are listening to the podcast of Ignitus Ministries, and this is your host, Pastor Tom Fellinger, speaking. And the focus of our podcast today is on the issue of music, because what we sing in our gatherings with the body of Christ, what we sing is teaching a theology to the people that are gathered there. So it's important that the content of what we sing has a basis in sound theology. Having said that, I want to offer two sources that you should generally avoid when selecting things that we sing. And that is Hillsong, which is based in Australia, and Bethel Church, which is in California, pastored by Bill Johnson. Both of those sources are probably going to provide uh, material songs singing that lack sound theology. Having said that, I also want to offer a positive recommendation, and that would be to the music provided by the Gettys, Keith and Kristen Getty. And an example of that is the hymn that they wrote, In Christ Alone. So use music provided by the Gettys and avoid music generally provided by Hillsong or by Bethel. Um, The principle that I have applied in 51 years of pastoring to the issue of music, if it's not true, don't sing it. I'll give you an example. We had two ladies that uh, served on our praise team, and they selected music, and I noticed one day as I always went over and prayed with them as they were practicing, preparing for the Sunday services, they were singing um, about salvation, and they said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. That is a corruption of what the psalmist said. He said, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, meaning salvation is from God. And so that's just an example. If it's not true, don't sing it. And I would say to all the pastors that may be listening to this, you are responsible for what is sung in your services. Not the worship leader, not the praise team. Ultimately, you are responsible because, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, what we sing is teaching our people. So, having said that, I want to offer uh, a number of principles, eight or ten principles, that will help you in selecting what you sing and measuring it according to sound theology. So, here's the first principle. It's actually a question. What theology is expressed in your 
congregational singing? Is it biblical? Is it consistent with your theology? <clears throat> what do the songs and hymns say or imply about the sovereignty and grace of God, about life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ? Hymns that are sung in public worship must be in harmony with the beliefs of the church that you are pastoring. Number two, is there sufficient pastoral breadth in the music ministry of the church that you lead? Do you sing songs that are appropriate to the many and variable life situations in which believers find themselves? Does your congregational singing include the many and varied moods and types of situations that people face? A congregation which only sings, quote-unquote, upbeat praise choruses and hymns, for example, will have a very diminished and restricted understanding of prayer. Life is broken, and so sometimes what we sing needs to reflect that brokenness and point people to the uh, healer of that brokenness, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. Next, is there sufficient historical, cultural, and generational breadth? Does our congregational singing express belief in the communion of saints? Are all the saints present encouraged to join in singing? And do the songs that we sing express our belief that we sing with saints throughout the ages and around the world? Do the hymns and songs include contributions from other cultures, languages, and errors? Are songs included which allow for the full participation of children and young people? For those beginning the journey of faith, as well as for more mature Christians. I would say on this point, <clears throat> the platform <clears throat> on which the pulpit rests at the center of the facility in which we gather. The pulpit is at the center because the Word of God must be at the center, and that must be what we proclaim. However, over time, and with the addition of strobe lights and smoke and mirrors and all kinds of other additions, the platform which the focus of which was the pulpit, the preaching of the word, it's become a stage. So rather than leading the congregation in true worship and humbling ourselves before the God of the, it's become a stage for performance. And oftentimes when quote unquote special music is completed, there'll be a robust round of applause. Well, who are you applauding? When I was in seminary, we occasionally attended a Sunday night service, and 
there was a lady vocalist who was very sensitive to this issue. And this uh, church uh, had a balcony. And when she sang, she would sing from the balcony behind the gathered worshipers because she didn't want the attention to be on her. She wanted to be on the Lord that she was proclaiming in what she sang. So here's the next issue is the language of our hymns inclusive. Can all believers, male, female, young and old, have a sense of inclusions by the language of our congregational singing? Next, are we providing our congregation with a sufficient vocabulary of praise? A hymn text is great in proportion to what we can learn from it. What do we learn about God and the Christian faith from what we sing? Can the text of the song or the music that we're singing stand on its own and, and stand the test of sound theology? Next, does the music serve the text? A hymn tune is excellent only as it is subservient to the words, the message, and undergirds the thought and captures the dominant theme of the message being preached? Does the tune help us to recall the words by bringing forward appropriate features of the text, or does the tune call attention to itself and contradict or stand in the way of the message of the text? Next, does our music encourage corporate worship? Does the music encourage congregational singing, or is it designed for the solo artist, or does it come across as entertainment? Our soloist and choir, effectively leading and supporting the congregation in its worship, or are they merely displaying their virtuosity? Do the hymns and choruses we sing express the faith of the gathered community, or they, do they tend toward individual and private expressions of faith? Next, is the music appropriate to the ability of the congregation? Do our musical selections respect the past practice of the congregation? Do we include enough familiar hymns? There's nothing more disturbing than to come into a worship service and find that what you're singing is so complex and so unfamiliar that less than 5% of the people sing. Next, do hymns and choruses we sing assume and encourage growth in discipleship? Is continuing congregational education and in music and worship a part of your ministry? Do we take the time and effort to learn new hymns and challenging hymns? Worship is a living sacrifice, and therefore our gifts to God should represent some cost to us. Learning more difficult music and coming to understand and appreciate richer theology may be difficult work, but it can also be a source of spiritual renewal, and growth. 
So I suggest the way to introduce new hymns or new praise choruses is simply inform the congregation, this is new, we have not sung it before, so the praise team is going to lead through this, and then we'll go through it again, and we invite you to sing and participate as we learn new ways to express the joy of our salvation, the joy of the salvation that God provides us, and we praise and worship him through that. So there you go. I said um, in the newsletter article that singing is teaching, so make sure what you sing, because you are teaching, Make sure what you teach is based on sound theology. You can reach me by calling 803-413-3509 or send me an email at iustransforms, transforms with an S, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I would appreciate hearing from you, and I trust that these few thoughts on What we sing is beneficial to you and equips you as a godly pastor to lead your people in singing that which truly honors the Lord and gives praise and glory to him. So till next time, thanks for listening. God bless and bye-bye.